Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast with your hosts, James Baldwin, Freya Brolsma and Campy. Hello and welcome to Lakeside Drive. We never knew how much we had in common with drain covers, but improbable, unlikely, yet here we are again. And I'm here with my friends and yours, James Baldwin. How are we? G'day, mate. Doing well. How are you? Very well. Good morning. How are you guys? I'm coming to you from my parents' butler's pantry at the moment and uh, (laughs) I'm back on the Mornington Peninsula for the weekend and we can just rock up anytime when we want and uh, this particular weekend they've got friends over from New Zealand so I was sleeping on a rollout bed, hence the beauty sleep I've had this morning. I'm looking just divine and... uh, this is the only place I've got, so I hope it's not too echoey. I had to remove some down lights this morning to get the lighting right. So yeah. it's just been a fun <laughs> 10 minutes. Look, down lights are nobody's friend, let's be clear. But also, can we get your parents' butler on the podcast next time? <laughs> I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth, and they definitely do not have a butler. But. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, too good. We are going to be talking about testing amongst other things on this episode of Lakeside Drive. So I wanted to actually start with that. James, testing and your viewing experience this year, a bit different to previous years. Tell us everything you've been up to. It's been an interesting time to actually have to watch Formula One and be paid to do it. Uh, I suppose the dream has come true. So well done to me. It's only taken six (laughs) years. uh, And finally, I'm here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Look, I launched the Race F1 Briefing, which is uh, part of the race media, which is a huge sort of independent, I suppose, media organization in motorsport. Uh, And it is completely different to anything I've ever done before. Uh, I am not a journalist. I am not a script writer. um, But now (laughs) I am a script writer. (laughs) Um, it you has, love a script, James. I don't. Not what you're I about. don't love a script, uh, <laughs> but it, it is. It's interesting. I'm getting there. Uh, it's amazing to watch the work of 
people who've been doing this for a very long time. Um, shout out to Johnny Reynolds, who suggested he's the head of podcasts for the race, but he also um, started F1's podcasting. So Beyond the Grid was his brainchild along with Tom Clarkson. So he he suggested that I do it. We had a chat a couple of weeks ago. I've been helping him out editing the race F1 and Indy car and Formula E podcasts last year for a little bit too. So he kind of knew that I wasn't shithouse at editing. And to be able to watch people like Glenn Freeman, who's the editor for the race and have information pour in from Mark Hughes and Ed Straw and Scott Mitchell Mom and all these, you know, people who before, well before I started editing, I've been listening to the race and reading a whole bunch of these headlines to now be working with them. It's very much a pinch me moment. Uh, it feels like I have finally sort of entered some sort of legitimacy into uh, the world of Formula One. That's not going to change anything here except for the fact that I actually know everything that's going on because I have been uh, watching and reading and writing scripts and being fed so much information. But, um, yeah, thank you to everyone who's listened to that podcast and left a lot of love and reviews already. There's been a whole bunch of reviews and and uh, the, the team at the race are super happy with it and with me and it will continue this week and everything else. The only thing I would say is that uh, watching lots of testing and then having to get up at sort of 3.30 in the morning to consume the rest of it and then write the script and then be ready to sort of record by 5 and then have a podcast go out by no later than 6 a.m. this time. The timing didn't necessarily work out to begin with, but... Yeah, it's it's bloody awesome. And now I have more gear, which is why this random purple halo thing is behind me because I'm spending money on more sounding, better equipment. And there you go. Good English, James. I thought that you'd got like a lakeside drive halo that had oh. actually kind of physically manifested after all of these years of, of working. It's well, actually a physical thing behind you. We've changed this primary colour to blue. So uh, that's an error, error order on my part. It should have either been pink or blue. Yeah, look, I'm not unhappy about that. The other thing that we have been watching this week is Drive to Survive. Love mm. it or hate it, it's out in the world and it exists. I'm an episode or two behind both of you. Campy, that second episode, which I haven't watched yet, um, but you sound pretty excited by it. Oh, look, I wouldn't say super excited. Look, I was by myself last uh, <laughs> Friday night when it was on. My wife was away, so... I thought I'd give it a couple of couple of uh, couple of episodes, and once I saw the Danny Rick sort of behind the scenes and his journey on how he got back to uh, to Alpha Terry, I thought that was yeah, it was great. It was a good watch. It was interesting to see that they offered the contract to him on the spot after his test, after doing a lap at Silverstone that would have put him you know ahead of Sergio Perez and next to Max on the grid in qualifying. I thought, yeah, it was just great. It just uh, just shows, hey, the guy's still got it, put him in a car that he likes and it's great. It's pretty cute too. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. <laughs> so, yeah, look, not super impressive episode one. I thought they made a bit of a big deal about Lawrence Stroll and Lance Stroll. But uh, anyway, look, I'll leave those public opinions out there. I'm sure I'm on record several thousand times of what I think of those two. So... <laughs> Not the greatest watching on a Friday evening, but we'll leave it there. All right, we'll we'll do that. James, did it gear you up for this season? There's no doubt that Box to Box does an incredible job of adding, you know, drama and hype. And I think the release date ahead of, you know, a week out from a Grand Prix is perfect timing. Um, it was, yeah, I, I loved it, to be honest. I, I still don't understand why the sort of anoraks in the world of Formula One hate it so much and hate the fans that come with it. Okay, there's some people and a lot more influences in the paddock and all that kind of other stuff. But 
I was watching it and I was burned out of Formula One at the end of last year, as you both know. Like I was frustrated with Lewis Hamilton for ruining my holiday. Um, and then I watched this and I was like, oh, I'm actually like, yeah, okay, no, I'm ready. That plus testing plus, you know, a whole range of other things and seeing how good VCARB was doing on track with Danny Rick in through testing, which we'll get to. But it, it just all, I think, made it really good and it sort of highlights, I think, the thoughts we already have on some people, including journalists um, and team owners and some drivers and then positive thoughts with others. Uh, and anyway, I, you know, I, I was really, really excited. And Claire Williams is back, who I was not expecting, and I bloody love that because I'm like, ah, some team principal time where she gets it and then can absolutely roast people like Zach Brown um, and <laughs> without having to see him. Yeah, look, I'm only at the end of the first episode, so it sounds like the best is yet to come. Mm. I think my you both got a bit of a live stream of my thoughts as I was watching it, <laughs> um, and I think the thing which, <laughs> but the thing which did stand out for me was at the Aston Martin event and just the whole way they had framed that to make it sound look like a sound and look like a James Bond kind of villain hosted event. I was expecting like scuba divers to get out of the water with snipers or something like that. I don't know. It just it felt completely unreal in the most kind of movie star sense of the world. But then that is also the world of Formula One. You know, it's it is a different world and environment to be operating in, that's for sure. Before we do get stuck into testing, let's hear from some of our favorite moments in the best place on the internet, which is Discord. And now it's time for the Discord comment of the week. Campy, Discord comment of the week. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Who's well, the winner? Well, I started my Bonnie spam this week and I posted, yeah. a, posted, a, we love it. posted a photo <laughs> of me watching uh, the rugby on Saturday night with Bonnie and then underneath, I can't remember who said it, but he said the beanie, at least the beanie matches the drapes. Now, not sure if he's actually referring to the drapes or he's referring to my shorts, which is the same <laughs> colour as my beanie at the time. <laughs> at least you're colour coordinated. Yeah, hey, there you go. <laughs> There you go, indeed. Um, James, what about you? Uh, this is in reference to Drive to Survive. Um, I won't ruin it for you both because you've not seen it all yet, but Failing Jester said, the people you find in a vineyard. Uh, yes, I enjoyed that scene specifically. Uh, if you think back to the opening scene of last year, there's a slight spoiler alert into who those two people might be. <laughs> that is That is correct. <laughs> Um, how good, goodness me. Even the season haven't even, hasn't even started yet and uh, Discord is already becoming my highlight of the week. For me, it's going to go to Matty J who after last week on the podcast we were talking about the marathon which I'm running which is eight weeks away to the day Um Amongst a very long, highly inspirational uh, reflection on the Discord, he said, don't skimp on getting the distance and consistency in. It will pay off on race day. Otherwise, the marathon will kick your ass and it will kick it bloody hard, which I believe you, Matty J. And uh, <laughs> further conversations tell me that he's quite experienced uh, in this area, much more so than me. So I appreciate the input and I believe you is is as much I'm going to say on that. <laughs> There's a runner's channel in the Discord. I've muted it because I... I'm allergic to running, um, but if you're not, then it's worth going and looking. There's also a food decorating cake baking channel to rival the running channel, which is, seems to there be getting is... more attention. 
<laughs> there is what a little a bit more activity. Who would have thought that more people like eating than do running? Um, it's not you two are too inspirational <laughs> for us. That's the problem. Ah, look, you're doing, you're doing lots, and I'm sick of it. I want to go and eat some slow roasted pork. It's look, it's not unsurprising, um, but I like knowing that there's at least one other person out there who's as mad as I am when it comes to these things, which does remind me. If anybody is watching this season and is inspired to do some on-theme cooking for any of the race weekends, we want to see it. So there is something for everybody on Discord, whether you are a food enthusiast, if you like to run for hours and hours on end, if you're a cats and dogs person, I think there's some birds in there as well, all sorts of things. There is something for everyone and, of course, race weekends are all the more enjoyable because of it. Let's get stuck into what we're here to really talk about, which is testing. Let's start at the top with the people who we learned are fast and reliable. Um, Red Bull, no surprise to anybody really came out um, on top and it looks like what their you know massive improvements are from last year will do exactly what they think they're going to do, which is go very fast. Um, James, you have been in the thick of it with testing and, like you said, actually had to pay attention to it. What did you learn? Well, I learned that uh, the car that we saw at the launch is the car that they brought to the track. So those the sort of directional change that Adrian Newey has made from a design point of view, the, the visual design matches. You know, I think people were a little bit sort of scared by that, other teams, Certainly going, oh, shit, we've <laughs> copied last year and they've gone completely in a different direction. Is it going to pay off or is it going to fail like Mercedes? Um, if When we saw it on track, the car looked super compliant straight away with Max. Uh, that there was reliability for Max, not reliability for Checo. But even, you know, Ferrari kind of finished um, on top, inverted commas, in, in terms of timings across the three days. Uh, but if you sort of align everything for tyres... The Ferrari were going on C3, which was a step softer than Max on C4, and Max is only sort of, you know, three tenths behind that sort of timing. And so when you flush everything out, Verstappen is still the fastest driver on the grid. The Red Bull Racing RB20 is the fastest car on the grid, and it just looked so compliant. Talking to some of the journos on the ground through the race there, they were saying that in terms of like cornering speed and, and the attitude of the car, if we want to use those kinds of terms, listen, I'm getting way more technical than I've ever done in my entire life now because I've consumed <laughs> so impressed. much information. But the attitude <laughs> of the car, it, it's, it just does what Max and Checo want it to do, whereas the Ferrari still seems to be a little bit bumpy and that's the second fastest car around. So, you know, yes, Ferrari topped the timing sheets, but the Red Bull is just looking phenomenal. Um, everyone's happy with the progress that they've made. And I think, you know, Max will be quietly confident that come this weekend he will be on pole and he'll be winning again. And it's sad for the sport probably, but maybe he won't have such a dominant year depending on how other teams like Ferrari do. Yeah, as you mentioned, there were some moments there which were a bit, I suppose, annoying for for Perez. That front uh, right brake caught fire, which meant that he had a delayed start on day two. Campy, was there anything that you saw that, made you question how soon Max is going to wrap this championship up. <laughs> oh, look, that I'd, I'd be shocked if they had any less fuel than 50% in that car. I think that was probably 
the least amount of fuel they had in the car over the weekend. We know we know Red Bull do that historically, and there's engine modes to take into consideration too, and uh, you know how much regeneration and the hybrid you're actually using. I, I, whilst I understand that they are testing those components all the time, everything's turned down. I think we will see in Q3 this next weekend. I think you'll see a car that everyone is going to their jaws are going to hit the floor about how quick this car is. We, we spoke about last week how they've gone down that Mercedes, not fully committed to the zero side pod, but there's enough information there to say that Mercedes thought they were getting it right and Adrian Newey has now explored those options and designed a car around it and he's figured it out too. So I think this car is just going to be that much better than everybody else. Uh, if Checo's not getting second in every race or first, then uh, he's going to be gone pretty quickly. But the uh, Ferraris look good, definitely a step up from last year. Um, I think they've probably, probably they'll lose some one lap pace, but race pace looks better than what it did last year, which bodes well for them. But unfortunately, it's going to be, I think it's just going to be a Red Bull dominated season once again. Yeah, like you said, um, in terms of Q3 and what we might see next weekend, just a quick uh, turn back of time to this time last year uh, for testing. The fastest car at last year's test was a 30.3 on the C4 tyre by Checo, which was with 20 minutes to go on day three during glory hour. Max was was P11 on 31.65 on a C3 at 2 p.m. Sorry, day two at 4 p.m. when the track was much slower, more sand, hotter, all of those things. The following weekend, round one, Max put her on pole with 29.7 on C3. So, you know, like you said, I think what we see next weekend, um, we can think about deducting a few seconds, if not more, from what we saw this weekend at at testing. Hi, it's CampyBot here. Sorry to interrupt, but we need to take a quick break so we can pay our server bills and keep me alive. Back soon. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's look at Ferrari. You mentioned them campy. We saw drain covers causing havoc yet again. Um, It was uh, Leclerc who dislodged it. Hamilton drove over it and then Charles got the damage from Hamilton's debris. What a debacle. They split most of the driving, obviously, between the two drivers. They looked pretty good, but as James said, that kind of reliability and Attitude. That's a new word for us in our repertoire when talking about car behaviour. I'm going to use that. Thanks, James. Um, is potentially something that still could cause them a bit of worry. Anything to, I suppose, get you excited about Ferrari for this season? Yeah, as I said before, I think they've they definitely, I think every car on the grid this year looks like they've improved from last year and the timing would suggest that. Um, <clears throat> as for drain covers, it's just a part of the sport these days. I mean, the faster they get, the heavier they get, the more loads they're forcing up on these welds, and it's bound to happen. I think they could get it better. I, I didn't love the – jeez, you look at some of these stewards running around. They're just running around with 
they're like headless chooks. They've got no idea what they're doing and they're kicking <laughs> on things just to test it. I'm like, that's not mm. really going to help it. But uh, anyway, <laughs> look, look, Ferrari seem to be in a pretty good place at the moment. They're quietly confident. We're not seeing the Ferrari of old with uh, all the mm. the off-track flashiness. I think Fred Vasseur's really toned that down. So, um, look, yep. we're not inside the organisation, so we don't really, you know, we don't fully comprehend those things. But just from what I'm saying, they're not overhyping anything. They're not overpromising. They're not saying they're going to win world championships. They're not even saying they're going to win races at this stage because it is testing and everything we're saying is speculation. It could be all out the door as of Friday next weekend and, um, sorry, Saturday next weekend after qualifying. We'll have a pretty good idea on the Friday of, you know, if this test is relative to what we've seen. But, um, yeah, look, I'm excited. I think Carlos, I'm excited for Carlos this year. I think he's going to he's gonna cement himself a spot on the grid in future and get himself a top drive, maybe at Mercedes if he moves across. I just think he's been driving really well. This car seems to suit him and uh, they're looking quick, albeit number two at the moment. They are still looking very quick, so... Yeah, agreed. I think Carlos, like, like I said last weekend, I think um, I'm not concerned about his ability to to pick up a, a really great seat next year. I think there's, what did we say? I think it's about 12 drivers whose contracts are up at the end of this year. So silly season is going to be, is going to live up to its name, That that's for sure. And um, not just from what we see on track, just other, I suppose, uh, people's attitudes towards him when they talk about him um, in terms of his work ethic and everything else. Uh, makes me confident at least in terms of what his prospects will be after this season. I think the interesting thing for Ferrari will be if they can get their tyre degradation sorted out because that all has always been more of an issue for them in comparison to some of the teams that they are competing against or should be competing against. So I'll be intrigued to see what type of um, solutions they have in place this year. Let's move on to McLaren. So this was the first time we saw McLaren's car in comparison to the Red Bull who who released it uh, with the livery launch. Lots of changes here, but nothing quite as dramatic as we've seen in the Red Bull in particular. Um, it's not that much of a departure from their 2023 design, but they looked pretty good. You know, they got 130 laps in on day one. Day two, they did have a fuel system issue. So Lando had to ditch his long run efforts um, in the afternoon. We're, of course, excited for Piastri and we are uh, very much projecting uh, that we, he will see his first win um, in a Grand Prix, not in a uh, in Grand Prix race rather than a sprint race this year. Just how excited are you, Campy? Look, I'm, look, I'm excited for Oscar. <laughs> He's clearly the first yeah. couple of episodes of uh, Drive to Survive, which I haven't historically watched either. Uh, look, I think he's got a bit of personality behind behind closed doors and I think that'll begin to grow and shine. Uh, last year, first year, debut year, he's just uh, played it perfectly <laughs> as he should have, very straight in the media, yep. very honest, you know, with himself and honest with the media at times about his performances, which is great to see. It's what we expect being Aussies. But, jeez, uh, I cannot, I'll tell you what, um, What's his name? Who's the principal? On Zach, Zach Brown. Brown, for a guy that was probably the most loved un-Australian person in Australian motorsport for a couple mm. of years, the downfall. This guy just is whinging and complaining about the sister team of yep. RB and yeah. So let's 
Let's talk about that. It's so just if anyone hasn't kind of watched the team principals press conference or anything, he's saying things like no other sport to my knowledge allows co-ownership in teams that compete against each other, which is wrong, by the way, Zach Brown. Um, But he wants FIA to change the rules, which would mean that RB can no longer operate in the way that it does being um, owned by Red Bull as the kind of senior team, so to speak. To be clear, if RB had no pace and we're sitting at the back of the grid, he wouldn't care. But I think he sees some genuine threat in RB against some of his own drivers and he's starting to sound like somebody who is kind of picking at the seams in order to try and make the whole thing fall apart for no reason. Campy, like Danica what are your Patrick and uh, the chem trials. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Don't get me started. <laughs> Which I saw her pop up. I was like, oh, good day, Danica. How are, you, how are your chemtrails going? <laughs> Aren't you busy with your UFO detector out the back? How do you have time to commentate on Formula One? Oh, too good, too good, too good. Um, yeah, look, I look, I understand there's politics in the sport and there's stuff happening, but we're also a nanny sport in the sense that this is the most overregulated over, you know, scrutinised, checked sport in the world, 100%, the amount of technology that's in the sport. I don't think Red Bull is passing information on to Alpha Tauri or RB. I, look, they've said they're a sister team and if they were a sister team and they were sharing data, there would be four cars up the front because four, four identical cars with some – Similar setups, you can get more information. The reality is that's not just that. That is not happening. Red Bull is perfectly adequate of winning championships by itself without getting that extra data. Where I think it has changed is that Red Bull have shifted some personnel between teams in the last, you know, sort of two to three years. And they have a genuine vested interest in that team jumping up the grid. Now, I don't think they're ever going to be a top team or a top contender. But the best of the rest in that, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth best car on the grid uh, is where they want that team to be. And I think they've made all the efforts in order to do so. They've got the drivers clearly in Danny Rick and and Yuki. Um, And Yuki's performed really well. He was really quick last year. And, you know, this is probably going to be his biggest challenge in F1 this year. But, uh, Look, I don't like the criticism from Zach Brown. It just sounds like he's whinging. Get your own car right. If you were winning championships, you wouldn't be worried about what the other teams exactly. are doing. And, yeah, it's just a bit of hot air in a balloon for me. It's just just a bit of garbage. Stop whinging. Stop complaining. From hot air balloons to James Bond uh, events, let's talk about Aston Martin. They were looking pretty good, seemingly quietly confident. Um, Nando said that the car had much more performance than the same time last year. And uh, Dan Fallows, who is an ex-Red Bull now, he's now technical director, said that the steps that they'd made over the winter with the upgrades is something that they were really happy about and they seem to be very pleased with how they are performing performing and doing what they thought that they were going to do. Um, do you think that we're going to see them really challenging for top place podiums this year or is there anything that you see in, I suppose, testing over the last couple of days that suggests that they're going to be putting more pressure on them than they have in the last season? Oh, look, I, 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 look, I didn't watch enough of testing to, to have an understanding, but... Uh, you know, thanks for joining our testing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I watched about six hours over the 
but there's much more happening during that during those time yeah. periods and stuff. So, and it is actually quite boring testing. Once you sit down and you're stuck in for a couple of hours, it's like, all right, where do we yeah. go from here in the conversation? It's not that I'd, I'd, I would much prefer them to um, televise it than not. We've had years where they haven't televised mm. it and I've been extremely frustrated. But just keep doing what you're doing, Fox Sports, and televising that because it is it is good to tune in, not for the whole 12 hours a day, but it is great. Um, yeah, Aston. Yeah. Look, Aston Martin for me last year, they in 2022 they bought out their second car of the year, which was the RP, you know, the Red Bull 2.0. And then last year it didn't surprise me that they got the results early on because, you know, they directly copied that chassis of Red Bulls, yeah. integrated it into their system, and uh, they they received the benefits for it as the upgrades. As the organisation tried to upgrade the car last year, they made some horrendous mistakes and at times Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll were both out in Q3 and that sort of happened for four or five weeks. They corrected that and that was after the uh, the change in the tyre compound manufacturing but I still think it was a bit of the development in the car too. This car looks identical to last year. And there's, I mean, there is mm. changes, but they haven't changed a lot. If you look at the difference between a Red Bull of last year and this year, well, geez, they've just come on leaps and bounds. Aston Martin have sort of stayed with the, the core principle. Now, that tells me they're not going to beat Red Bull, but are they going to beat the other cars on the grid? I think Ferrari and Mercedes are much more well-resourced and better in their technical departments in order to progress you know, the car up the grid. I don't see that from Aston Martin yet. They will be quick on mm. certain tracks and they'll have their day with the Fernando Alonso driving their car. You know, that's an extra couple of tenths wherever he, you know, sees that to be in his car. That's just the sort of driver he is. In saying that, I'm not – they'll be in the top four or five, but I'm not sure they'll be as competitive as they were at times last year, getting those consistent podiums and seeing Alonso get it. So, well, look, but I could be wrong. Prove me wrong. I'd love to see Fernando Alonso on the top <laughs> step again. Jeez, that just... Well, and watching, uh, like I said, I've only seen one episode, but even then watching Nando uh, behave the way he does these days, he's just in an era where he just has zero shits for anything else outside of his racing, and I absolutely love it so seeing him back and back in this really kind of comfortable space I suppose in the way that he's he's operating I just I love it and would to see him get some really serious results would would be absolutely amazing but I think to your point when it comes to testing the tricky thing to when it comes to watching it is that you never quite know what you're watching from any given team like you don't know what their fuel load is and they're all going to be different at different times they're testing for different things so while some people are kind of testing for performance, others are testing for their kind of lap pace. You've got others who are looking at very specific parts, you know, others who are doing spending the time switching their drivers over, over others aren't, you know, some are really testing their qualifying programs, which take a lot longer to get through, while others are really looking at their race simulations. Um, so you never, you, you know, you're comparing apples and pears yeah. um, the whole time, which I think, changes the viewer experience. Yeah, and for you new listeners and viewers of this sport out there, what they're trying to achieve at testing, it's not about setting the fastest the fastest times. It's a shakedown of the car to make sure it is, it is as reliable mechanically as possible. But all the data they are collecting goes back into their simulator and essentially what they want is they want 
everything that's happening on track. They want the, all the raw data and the, the letters and numbers that they correlate. They want that back into a computer so it produces the most realistic baseline level that, uh, that they can possibly have on a computer com- compared to real life so that when they are testing and implementing things, the information that they're getting back when they're trying to upgrade the cars is as close to real life as possible. And that's what we're seeing. That's been a change from yesteryear, uh, you know, from setups. Mm. We've got all that stuff down, you know, toe angles and stuff like, you know, toe angles and then camber angles and then suspension setups, push rod versus pull rod, whether it's aerodynamic, which, you know, I thought we had all those conversations last year, but no, we're back there again on day one on testing. But, uh, that is the reason they, they we go testing in Formula One these days. It's not so much about the mechanical stuff; it's the the computer analysis that they set up on the rear end. And as much as we were, we talk about you know how many laps they're able to get in. There's not really a prize for how many laps you can do, but the more laps, the more data, the more reliability, the more everything else that that comes with it. Um, so they'll be trying to get as much as they can in, of course, over those few days. Let's talk about Mercedes, um, The probably the biggest talk, talking point when it comes to their car and performance um, after testing is their front wing, which is ruffling some feathers. James, can you talk us about whether – talk us through whether or not you think this is legal or not? Well, they seem Allegedly. To, yeah, they seem to think it is and they ran it through – not the first couple of laps, but when they put the new wing on it, everyone's sort of like, oh, we'll see what happens here. Um, so far, so good. It's It's been, uh, as far as I'm aware, it's it's not been sort of ruled out yet for, for them. But look, front wings, th- these new design front wings are supposed to look like a set of stairs, either descending or ascending, depending on how you're looking at it. But from when you look above, uh, you're supposed to be able to not see any gaps. So the, you know, the the first top bit needs to sort of cover the middle bit that covers the bottom bit, if that makes sense. Um, and so uh, what their their interpretation of the rules has been um, just next to the nose on the top part of that front wing, they've removed a section which will aid a sort of airflow to go uh, better into the floor, which will obviously help with uh, less porpoising and bouncing. And certainly they didn't have um, much this year in terms of how they looked on track, but uh, they've got like this wire, this kind of thing where they're like, oh, well, there's still material above that sort of second part. Um, so it's an interpretation of the rules. Look, we've seen Mercedes do this before. It's interesting to me that they feel confident enough that this is the direction that they went to do something like this. I mean, this is like the the DAS, right? Where everyone's like, oh, did Lewis just push the steering wheel in? But for Mercedes, I mean, they had so many different issues throughout the last 12 months it's surprising to me that this is where they've gone to to sort of find their fix and maybe to find their edge. Um, certainly, I mean, we say there's plenty of the timesheets and you just said it before, mean absolutely nothing really because we don't know fuel loads and what they were trying to do. George Russell said a couple of times during the race weekend, uh, sorry, during testing that this isn't a race weekend. We're not here for performance. We're here to ensure that the car is doing and the upgrades are doing what it's supposed to do over the course of the next couple of days. So we weren't supposed to see apparently any really fast lap times. That could throw something a little bit interesting into the mix. But as far as the experts in the race are concerned, what they've physically seen, they haven't really said, said, oh, well, this is you know now a Red Bull challenger. They still think that sort of Mercedes is behind probably maybe in line with Ferrari, certainly not above Ferrari. Yeah, their focus very much needs to be on drivability 
this weekend, this this year really, well, this weekend in terms of testing, but this year hopefully we hear fewer messages from Toto to uh, Hamilton saying, <laughs> yeah, we understand, it's terrible, please just drive the car. Um, was there anything you saw during testing Campy or kind of looking at it afterwards that makes you feel like they've actually got it right when it comes to drivability and from a driver's perspective? Yeah, well, all you can do is focus on what the actual drivers themselves said and they said it's a big step from last year, it's a lot easier to drive. and. Yeah. When those things are in place, the car's easy to develop at times too. So I think Mercedes, whilst, look, we just don't know how quick the Red Bull's going to be. And if they dominate like last year, then no other team's really got to look in. Um, they'll be quick. They're a great organisation. I'm confident in Toto and the management team he's got in place and designers and engineers. Look, it is testing. We don't know what they're running. You know, their Achilles heel last year was that drivability. It wasn't necessary that the car wasn't quick. It just wasn't reacting the way they thought it was. So, um, yeah, they've they've certainly got on top of it. Uh, George and Lewis have been quite congr- congratulatory of the team for taking that step forward. So, yeah, look, whether they win races, who knows, but, yeah, it's going to be a good year. They've got 24 chances this year, so that's a couple more than last year. Hopefully, I they, thought it was 731, but well, yeah, 3,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's have a chat about V-carb, if that's what we're going with, or RB. Uh, haven't really decided what I'm going to call it yet. It does sound like I think Sky Sports are going to go for for RB, but I just doesn't roll off the tongue as far as I'm concerned. We saw a lot of pace from our mate Daniel Ricciardo, particularly on day two on the C4 tyre, but he also said that they are feeling very cautious. They they know they're not going to be out the front fighting. Um, They're not there yet. At this point they're very much trying to work on their lap time, but as Campy's scoffing would suggest, our (laughs) confidence is much higher than theirs at least. James, are we going to see Daniel Ricciardo back on the podium this year? Slash, what did you learn from testing? One of the things that you'll note if you listen to the Race F1 briefing is that I talked about Daniel Ricciardo every episode because I wrote that part (laughs) of the script. (laughs) You're welcome. UK audience. Finally, I get to I get to get in there and talk about Danny Rick. Um, also, because I was reading out quotes and I thought, oh, it's easy. Oscar didn't have that many quotes, but Danny Rick had heaps of Australian style quotes, so I get to put my accent on a little bit more. Um, yeah, RB is what everyone's calling it. Apparently, um, Michael Laminato made a good point um, that the announcement of this team, we sort of didn't mention this, uh, was the reason they changed the name from Alpha Tauri is to give it its own brand identity. And they went all the way through that process and just called it RB, which is the initials of Red Bull. Like they, so, I mean, real fail in in terms of that. The, uh, but it's also not called Racing Bulls. The Italian company is registered Racing Bulls, but the actual team name is just RB. So. We'll know to just call it Minardi from now on. I think that's probably the, uh, None of this the easiest makes any thing. Sense. You've, you've said a lot of things and we're back where we started as Minardi. far as I'm concerned. Minardi. Exactly. Fernando Alonso, his first season, it's very exciting. I'm glad to be here. I get the Australian Grand Prix on at the right time and it's the actual first Sunday race and it's the first race for 2025. Uh, yeah, look, the thing about Daniel is that he kept sort of being asked, um, well, sorry, he must have been asked a lot sort of before he got into the car, is this just going to be the RB19? Because he made a real big point of saying every opportunity he got without being asked, is this the RB19, to say, no, it's not the RB19. We're not going to be on the podium. We're not going to be, you know, fighting at all these different things. Um, the the fact is 
the this V Carbo One chassis looks to me like every other contender on the grid apart from really Ferrari and now Rebel Racing in that they've just copied the style of the RB19 uh, and not necessarily got all of the exact bits and pieces because it, it would be stupid for them to do that because they can't. It, within the regulations, you know, there's, a, there's enough sort of angst at the moment with Zach Brown hating on Red Bull Racing and RB and complaining about the fact that there's multiple ownership of one, you know, teams in the one sport doesn't exist in any other sports. I don't understand why he would say shit like that when he's that's just factually wrong. Um, Christian Horner <laughs> yeah. comes in and says, uh, no, we, Red Bull, own two football teams <laughs> yeah. in the Champions League. So we, to be clear, <laughs> we, this is not the only model, only sport that we use this model that's in. Right. There are multiple sports where we own exactly multiple teams that's competing right. against each other. Yeah. So, yeah, I look, I think um, I think they'll be quietly optimistic, right? Um, the the way, I mean, Laurent Mekis has come out of Ferrari. He's now the team principal for um, Minardi. And so he's sort of had his first opportunity to be at the front um, in, in, in a press conference. I mean, he was in a press conference with Zach Brown and Christian Horner. So he was sort of a bit of a trial by fire in terms of his first official press conference with those kinds of questions being asked of Zach and Zach having a complaint in person. And, uh, you know, Lawrence going like, well, you know, we've got Peter Bay as our own CEO and we've got a different like team structure and yeah, okay, we're the some things that look similar, like Daniel was saying, but it's not the same car. I mean, they have to take the same suspension setup because of powered by Honda and Rebel designed that. So that's how that fits into that car. But I think from to answer your original question, there would be very it would be very unlikely to not see both of these cars in the points straight away. Um, but I think the first podium for DR will be back when he's back in a Red Bull. I just don't think that unless there's reliability issues with the Ferrari, I just don't think that there's going to be that third spot open up behind Checo, who should be performing, unless he's not, and then, you know, Carlos or Charles uh, initially. Campy, there's lots of wincing and tutting from over your side of the microphone. Feel free to tell us what you're thinking. <laughs> well, we also speak Australian and we, uh, we, we understand what Australians are really trying to say when they are not telling the truth like Danny Rick was this weekend. <laughs> when he made all those comments, he had his big cute smile on and he was he was quietly confident, quietly reserved. Now, as an Australian, I can tell you that means we're just going to stay humble, we're going to stay quiet, and then next weekend when we come out and we're putting on <laughs> podiums and we're dominating Ferrari and everybody else, fuck is all, we are the Red Bull number two team. There's nothing Zach Brown can do about it. <laughs> That is exactly what Danny Rick was saying in those press conferences. If you look up humble in the dictionary, Campy is act as a picture of Campy's beanie. <laughs> but at least we know now that it matches the drapes. So moving on, <laughs> let's talk about uh, Alpine. I have two words here which says managing expectations and I have no other notes. James, what have you got? <laughs> the, in terms of pace, they are tied last at the moment with um, – so there's sort of – you know, I think we, we saw it was Red Bull from Ferrari um, and Mercedes from I think uh, it was like McLaren and then Aston Martin or M- Aston Martin and McLaren and sort of V-Carb and Williams were together and then it was everyone else sort of, you know, a tenth behind those two teams. So, I, I mean, Alpine have have to get their shit together. It's, it is ridiculous still that they spent most of last year without a team principal. They then give the guy 
the gig. Who knows why they didn't do that earlier anyway? And Bruno, as we said last week, is very well respected in the motorsport community. It's almost disrespectful to not do that, I think, going forward. But, I mean, the, the, the team has all this ownership and all these celebrities and everything else, but unless they sort of sort it out, it's going to be very difficult for them. But in saying that, the thing that they keep coming back to in terms of the uh, – I guess the Achilles heel of this car is the the power unit and you're not allowed to change the power unit until 2026. So, yeah. you know, the, the, they have to find all of that speed in aerodynamics and other performance and how the car looks after its tyres and to be taking those opportunities. So Pierre Gasly is the right kind of driver for this team at the moment because he's a, the kind of guy who will think on the fly to be able to try and make the most of those opportunities. Um but really, realistically, for Alpine, they're going to be nowhere for this year and next year. Twenty twenty six engine regulation change. Then hopefully, you know, Renault have been able to tweak. Well, I'm sure that when well, they're not supposed to be working on the engine, but I'm sure they've already started working on the engine <laughs> to ensure that that's going to be a thing. Because otherwise, this is this is a slow fall to the back of the grid as everyone else makes tweaks when they're powered by Honda, Ferrari, and Mercedes power units. Campy. Yep, couldn't agree more, Jim. This team will be uh, bottom dwellers very soon. And uh, <laughs> I love to see it. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> Flatty, the old flathead team. <laughs> oh, dear. All righty. Well, they, while they uh, make themselves comfortable uh, in Campy's bin, let's move on to steak. Now, as much as Who? I will stick by my word, which is that I do not like this livery. It does look great on track. A few people made that comment in the Discord. I agree. Do I like it when it's stationary? No. But does it look great on track? Yes. And can you finally tell the difference between this car and three or four of the others? <laughs> also, yes. So I'm I'm very happy to see that. We saw a little bit of um, optimistic, I want to say, kind of, both body language and comments coming out of the team after testing. Um, James, do you feel like they are on a better path for this year in comparison to what was probably on the whole a slightly dis- like a disappointing for them last year? I remember talking to Valtteri Bottas at the Australian Grand Prix last year or just beforehand and he was saying, you know, he was confident because the year before he was able to get a good result and points for the team in, in that round. He then didn't because the car was woeful on track and it continued that way basically for the rest of the season. Yeah. From from what I understand, James Key is now part of this team and has been sort of part of that team since through just towards the um, middle of the second half of last year. So he's come from McLaren. McLaren took a big step around, you know, sort of turnaround in ter- terms of their performance. Lots of people, especially on Drive to Survive, saying, oh, it's really difficult to do that midway through a year. But the upgrades and everything else and the direction change that occurred with that team still happened while James Key was working there. It just takes a lot longer to develop those changes, design it, then to put it into a model and then put the model into a wind tunnel and then actually manufacture it and take it out to a car wherever the car is. And Ted Kravitz, if you watched all of testing, you'll know that Ted Kravitz was standing by the Williams garage using the barrier as key marker points, each pole in terms of how long that takes. And it takes four poles of a rope barrier to get from (laughs) deciding to change a car to implementing the change. Um, But I think from... You know, from their point of view, Valtteri, we, we talk about body language. Uh, well, sorry, you spoke about body language and lots of people saying in the paddock too, you know, look at the body language, not necessarily the lap times. Um, 
Sauber had uh, what they normally do is low fuel run on the last sort of 15 minutes of the day. Joe Guanyu put in the third fastest lap. Uh, and that's kind of just a bit of a like, hey, here we go. Look, look, look here we are. Then they often do that. So, yeah. I mean, the pace comparative, comparative rather to everyone else doesn't seem to be all that much greater. But it, I think, and certainly a lot of people on the ground think, that it is now sort of broken itself out of that bottom run. I mean, they finished ninth, I think, from memory in the championship last year. Um, so just ahead of Haas with Williams and, yeah, with Williams and um, and Minardi sort of fighting for that mid part. But I think from, from their point of view, Valtteri Bottas, is still in the picture for Mercedes. Whether you think he shouldn't go back or not, he's still an option for Toto Wolff. He's a known quantity. He might only get a year between pulling the F2 bloke through or whatever else. But as far as I'm concerned, Mercedes family still is a known quantity. He's very quick still, and he he's able to put in good performances. So it'll be interesting for me to sort of see how that sort of impacts maybe his driving style for this year. But from a Sauber point of view, they need to sort their shit out for Audi. Audi are going to be looking at them going, you cannot be ninth again this season. You will take six probably. And then you need to make market steps forward comparative to year on year so that in two years time, when they come into the championship uh, with their brand new power unit and everything else, they've still got, you know, they've got more money, prize money from where they are and they're able to attract better drivers. Although Carlos Sainz seems to be the one that's going to be in Audi, and that'll be playing on Valtteri Bottas's mind too. I think, you know, they look confident and more confident than I saw them last year. Righto, everyone. Hang on. Got to pay the bills around here. Let's move on to Williams. They had a bit of a false start in terms of being late with their design, being ready prior to testing this year. Day one, again, they kind of had a second false start with two on-track stoppages, one for each driver. Um, In the world of athletics, you're out basically after two false starts. Um, (laughs) Campy, what are your thoughts in terms of their potential they've got some new changes obviously the steering wheel is a big talking point for Williams um which we we saw over over testing um how excited are you for them are they going to be at the back with Huss or do you think we're going to see them being mid-pack team I hope they are competitive in that mid-pack all year and at every race Mm. um then it comes down to the drivers and how the drivers are able to perform interesting Albon's been linked with that Red Bull seat not sure how that looks with it, you know. Don't do it. No, I, I don't <laughs> think – look, I just want Danny Rick in that car for at least one more year and maybe 2026 too. So give him a couple of years and then he can bow out and let, let one, of, one of those junior drivers come through. But the thing for me is, look, I'm not sure where William sits. I want them to do well. I think they've made – In the last, if you look at the last decade of this sport, I mean, they came in in 2014, they had the Mercedes power unit, you know, the car was generally pretty good and it got some podiums and it got results. But as teams caught up, they made, they tried to make some changes and they employed some, you know, Paddy Lowe, which was a wrong decision, which sent that organisation into the pits of depravity. Now, I've said this before, Claire Williams came back and she, (laughs) sorry, I'm talking about on racing. That was a bit severe, wasn't it? Um, it's of depravity. Well, on a, add it to the list. A, Discord for a race car, but your bin is a dark place. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Claire Williams got that team back into a place where it was sellable. You know, continued on the legacy which she needed to do, and she made the right decisions since 
since that ownership to Doralton has come in place, they've continued to get better every year. They are no longer three laps behind after 25, you know, half race distance. They are competitive most of the Grand Prix this year. They are, you know, they're getting lapped really late like the rest of the teams or they're they're finishing on that, on the same, on the lead lap. So I would hope their progression gets better. I'm just not where they, I'm just not sure where they sit. Um I just want them, and I'm confident this year that they'll be fighting in that mid-pack all the way through. I think the mid-pack will be closer than it's been for the last, you know, three or four years, and I just think it'll be track-specific moving forward to, you know, the characteristics of the car and the design philosophies will suit certain tracks, and I think that's where you'll see your fluctuation. But uh, they've got some good personnel in the team. You know, the investment is paying off. But I'm just not sure where they sit at the moment. For me, Logan Sargent, why is he in this sport? Why is he getting another drive? I don't really get it. Uh, Albon's a team leader, and this year will set up Albon's future. If he performs really well, uh, like we know he can, uh, he may be, you know, in the running for that Red Bull, you know, Mercedes seat as well moving up. So he will make a change at some times. It's just a matter of if rather than – oh, sorry, it's a matter of when, not if he does. So – Big, yeah, big year for Williams and Albon. Can I just say the Albon link is only reported that Red Bull would consider offering him a contract, not that there has been a contract offered and not that there's been any confirmation of that. Albon's already said no once before. Last year there was already him saying no publicly about not going back to Red Bull. I think it's very unlikely that that's the case. If he goes yeah. anywhere, it would be Mercedes for sure. And can I just say, one of my views on Drive to Survive, only watching two episodes and not watching it historically, all the rumours we heard that was going on off track were all confirmed to, to confirmed in the first you know few episodes of of, of Drive to, to Survive, which I've seen. All the Danny Ricardo stuff was spot on. Now those rumours come from somewhere, and it's clearly because Netflix is in behind the scenes filming the you know some of the real world conversations that are being had. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out and where those. Those source of sources of the leaks, uh, you know, or conversations that have been had come from. So, if, we, if it comes from Netflix, we know it's probably true because it'll be on film next year. All right, and last and probably least, we've got Haas. <laughs> we talked about laps and number of laps not necessarily being representative or anything in particular, and that is what we saw from Haas in that they got the most laps out of any anyone um, over testing. New new experience for K-Mag, who said that he had not driven a car with kit like this before when he was talking about all the aero gear that they had attached, which I found very hard to believe but was funny nonetheless that even at a point in that it, a point like that in his career, um, he hadn't had that experience, which was just very surprising to me. Um, James, do you think that they can be hopeful or are we going to see a very similar trajectory for them this year, which is a couple of encouraging races, but then kind of falling behind the pace when it comes to in-season development? I think he was talking specifically about Haas uh, and not his career because he came in to (laughs) McLaren 2014 You know, I think Barcelona testing would have seen heaps and heaps of aero kit on it. But, yeah, I mean, they were compensating. I mean, Ayu Komatsu has put as much, you know, stuff as possible on there to be able to get as much data. Um, do you know what? I think, I mean, two things. Firstly, Gunther is confirmed for Channel 10. So Australian broadcast um, for the Australian Grand Prix, he is one of the pundits, which I think is hilarious. He's also booked a couple of those throughout the year. So um, German TV, I think, have signed him up for a whole bunch 
of races as well. So he'll still be around the paddock, which I think is hilarious. Um, Haas, Haas just, I mean, there is nothing for them to gain this year. I mean, Ayo Komatsu, very well respected, great person apparently from the people who know him, very professional. It's been alongside Gunther for a very long time. Can He might have an opportunity to get this team sorted out for 2026, but there is absolutely no way that that's going to happen this year or certainly next year. We've we've discussed this at length. You know, Haas need to change the, their philosophy and the way that they do things in Formula 1. Um, and as a result, unfortunately, it looks like the, the car will continue to be at the back pace-wise. The only thing that might be different is if they've been able to fix the issue with the tyre degradation and those rear tyres because as soon as they... Uh, you know, they had pace until Tyredeg was at such a state where the tyres went straight off a cliff very, very quickly and Nico Hulkenberg just couldn't drive the thing anymore. Yeah, that was the same as the Ferrari last year, right? You know, when Ferrari did well, Haas did well comparatively in their position at the rear of the field. So, look, Ferrari have clearly sorted out the tyre degradation issues. That's been, you know, one of the big confirmations this weekend. So I think that'll play across to Haas well, just in the design philosophies and the way that car interacts with the rubber on the road. So, look, if that that car had some pace over one lap last year, if they can keep – I think Haas' strategy this year will be keep that one lap pace – as long as the tyres don't fall off like they have, if they can have better degradation, they can hold on to some of those better positions that they put themselves in at times last year. And over a race day, over a race distance, those you know those seven or eight positions starting up the grid on race day, you know, can convert to points if things happen behind them and they're not getting swamped like they have been previously. So excited for Haas. I want to see Hulk and K-Mag do well just for the sake of, for them, they're two great drivers and uh, I, I want to see them do well. Am I hopeful? Not really, but, hey, there you go. That's it's life, isn't it? And that's motorsport. That's motorsport. <laughs> you got there first. Say the line, Campy. <laughs> Nope, he doesn't want to. Never mind. No, he doesn't want to. <laughs> All right. He's not He's not a performing monkey, James. What are you saying? We can't make him do these things I'm on cue. I'm man, Jim. I don't um, do what I'm told by you? Like you and uh, Zach Brown. So <laughs> now, that you're, uh, uh-huh. now that you work uh-huh. for a, a Formula One conglomerate somewhat, oh, yes. you've got to tow, the, yeah, got to tow right. the party line about how good Drive to Survive is. <laughs> I was bored on Friday. I didn't want to watch it. I still think it's shit. Each to their uh, own. Yeah, well, all right, there you go. Let's have a look at what our predictions are for round one of this season. We will see the first race on a Saturday, which just remember that one because I'd certainly forgotten. Um, mm-hmm. and I have it written in my diary for Sunday morning, so we <laughs> need to plan around that and perhaps make some changes to our schedule. Um are we doing the same? Are we going to do? We, let's take a team vote on it now. Are we going to do the same predictions as we did last year? So podium and tenth. Yeah, I'm happy with that. And last. All right, podium 10th and last. And, okay, let's go podium 10th, <laughs> Just last, have as much as you want and, unless you keep adding things. And bold. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's getting a bit of like a Who's going to sell out the most, most merch? <laughs> not me. It's not Lance Stroll. We can put him straight at the bottom. That's definitely correct. I have many thoughts. Um, okay, podium first, Campy. Max, they are Oscar. <laughs> Okay, so that didn't how take is long, life did in it? La La Land? Yes, That's seriously. Great. Danny, uh, sorry, Perez will finish 10th, which means he'll crash out. Yes. It's good <laughs> for us. And bold prediction is Hamilton to die into turn one. Come on. And by die, I mean oh, get taken my- out from behind. 
That's not a bold prediction. That's just every prediction you made <laughs> last year for that's every a race. Incident. No, yeah, that's exactly. just the same. That's um, not bold. That's just the campy prediction. Last campy. Uh last. Oh, sergeant. Also not bold. Okay, uh, James, <laughs> what have you got? Uh, I think podium will be Max, Charles, and oh, Max, Charles, and Carlos. Ferrari will have enough pace over Checo. Um, tenth will be Stroll, and last will be K Mag. I just don't think the Haas is there yet. My bold prediction is that um, Sonoda and Ricardo will finish just outside the podium places. Oh, love that! Love that! That I've will be heartbreaking, both heartbreaking too. and exciting oh, at be great. the same time. Just take it one step at a time, V Carb. Just go at once. We don't need you both on the podium straight away because you're setting us up for failure for the rest of the year. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go for a podium, Max, Nando and Carlos. Mm. For 10th, I'm going to say I am going to say Ocon because that's up there with his favourite position. Um, My bold, oh, no, last, sorry, last is going to be. Ocon as well. (laughs) Also (laughs) Ocon. (laughs) Uh, do you know what? I'm going to say last is actually going to be Charles and that's going to go with my bold prediction, which is that, which is also not that bold, but that one of the Ferrari engines is going to fail in round oh. one. Um, <laughs> wow. And it's going to bold. be his because he's the unluckiest person on the grid. So a few things to get excited about as well as round one of the season, which is our fantasy league for 2024. I have actually entered a team, which means that I'm already beating myself for last year, which I didn't do. Um, well done. So don't well forget to, to <laughs> enter your teams and get your names <laughs> in so that you can also get kudos. Those caps from Campy. It's one of my favourite alliterations. Uh, that is going to be a lot of fun for us throughout the season. And, of course, join us on Discord during the race and, and in between race weekends. You'll find us on Instagram. You may or may not find James, but certainly not Campy or myself <laughs> on TikTok. The page is on TikTok. Uh, it exists on TikTok because <laughs> I had to find the password. It took me about an hour and a half. Apparently TikTok exists. Um, Campy is on X. I'm not. So that's always interesting. Mm. And, of course, you can watch us making fools of ourselves on YouTube as we are recording. So don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review if you like what you're hearing and if you don't, don't, um, <laughs> or a comment. <laughs> love it. Love right. it. To what tell direction? us that, uh, that we're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> James, am I hitting my KPIs here? Yes, you certainly are. No, this is Forgot great. Thank you for hosting. You've done a great job. You've done a great job. No, no, the ad there spots. There were ads in there. The ad spots will happen automatically thanks to Campy Bot's voice. If you're listening to this now, you will know that I've already got an AI voice to say, "We'll be back in a second after an ad." It's me, Campy Bot. Campy Bot is, I think, starting to grow um, like a mind of his own, oh, which yeah, is he, terrifying that, for everybody involved. <laughs> Alrighty, that is it from us. Enough of our ridiculousness and we will see you after round one. We're back for Formula One in 2024. We'll see you next weekend. Bye. I've got to go with that one. The beanie matches the drapes. (laughs) (laughs) 
funny. Sports Social Podcast Network.